So I am pro-life, and I am also for capital punishment. And a lot of people say, those are conflicting. You can't be both. Well, yes, you can. Um, first, just to do a really quick re resolution, is that um, babies are innocent, and people who uh, are sentenced to death through capital punishment are criminals, often repeat criminals, and are often murderers. So you really can't compare the two in that regard. Um, when you impose your, when you exercise your rights to impose your will upon other people, that's where your rights end and you forfeit them and you are then responsible for the consequences of the actions that you've taken. In a lot of cases, in a lot of laws, if you kill someone, if you murder someone, especially if you murder multiple people, you have then forfeit your right to life. That is totally different than abortion. So now we've done a very quick overview on that. We're going to leave the abortion thing for another time because believe me, that's a whole other thing in and of itself. And we're just going to talk about capital punishment today. So what is capital punishment? Capital punishment is the killing of condemned criminals, typically murderers. Um, what, how does it work? You, if you've committed a capital crime, you go to trial before a jury, the jury hears all of the evidence and they have to determine whether you are guilty or not guilty. This is kind of where the process breaks down because um, in our world of law and order watchers, we have a tendency to just want to see it resolved. You know, we, we think um, they're, if they're here on trial, then they must be guilty. And it kind of colors the jury's opinion straight from the start that if they're here for a criminal trial, then the person is guilty and they're going to be, um, they're going to be condemned. Part of the problem that, we, that, that created that is that in a lot of states, capital punishment was taken off the table. When you go in knowing that this person's life hangs on your yay or nay, I should hope, at least, you're going to be much more careful about what you say and the decision that you make. And that's all, not always the case. Um, one argument against capital punishment is what if the person is innocent? And it has happened. Um, there was a, a case uh, about, I think it was three boys who were murdered and um, found in a, in a river hogtied. Horrible case. And three teenage boys were convicted of the murder, even though there was evidence that suggested that it wasn't them. Not, not even necessarily evidence that suggested that it wasn't them, but not enough evidence to prove that it was. And that's where we run into a problem, is that in order to pronounce someone guilty in the United States for any crime, that crime has to be proven beyond a shadow of a doubt. This means that there has to be hard evidence, video evidence, DNA evidence, um, fingerprints, and even, even those can be considered circumstantial or, or not applicable to the case depending on the situation. You have to be able to prove beyond a shadow of a doubt that this person committed this specific crime. And we've, we've lost that. It, it's, it's gotten to the point where 
the jury is allowed to to make up their own mind ahead of time based off of feelings rather than evidence. Um, it's one of the reasons, actually, why juries aren't allowed to see any of the media while, they're, while the trial is ongoing, because that will sway their opinion one way or the other. But again, in this culture of law and order reruns, we were already pretty much decided which way we're going to fall before we go in, even if we don't realize that we're biased. So that's something that needs to be addressed, is that the people who, who work as a jury need to remember that it is not the burden of the accused to prove their innocence. It is the burden of the accuser to prove guilt. In America, we are innocent until proven guilty, not the other way around, ever. Um, another, another argument is that the means of death are inhumane, setting aside the fact that a lot of times the people who are condemned to death have committed multiple murders, and I don't know if you could really consider their treatment of their victims as humane. We don't do an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth here. This is not Hammurabi, okay? I don't, I don't know if I said that right, but whatever. Um, there are some means of execution that are inhumane. The electric chair is horrific, and it never should have been allowed to be a thing. Um, the fact that Thomas Edison used the electric chair as a means of getting back at Tesla for inventing the alternating current just kind of sets the stage for the fact that this was something that never should have happened in the first place. But there are other methods that are more humane. Um, hanging when done right is very quick. And I mean, yeah, there's that sense of fear, I would imagine. I've never been hanged, so I can't really tell you. But there's that sense of fear beforehand. And I'm not talking about mob justice lynchings, okay? That's that's disgusting. And the people who did those things in the past were beyond wrong. They we're talking about legal, lawfully administered punishments here, not people taking the law into their own hands. Um, despite the bloodiness of it, the guillotine was actually a very humane way of killing people. It has a really bad reputation because of the way that it was used in France and Germany. Um, but, I mean, it, it worked. It got the job done. But nowadays, the most common method used is lethal injection. And the, when it is administered, the, the person is put to sleep first. So you really don't even know that you're dying other than that you've been told that you're dying. Um, so it's, there are humane ways to go about this. And I'm not an expert by any means. I'm not advocating for one method over another. That's not my responsibility. Thank goodness. I mean, but if it can be done, we're going to move on to the, the next because this has to do with what I was trying to say. So another argument. What about life in prison? What's wrong with that? Um, well, life in prison, uh, prison in and of itself is kind of used as a catch-all system. Um, it, it, it doesn't matter if you lifted a pack of gum or if you shot somebody with your gun. It, you, the sentence is prison, and you all go to the same place. And it's, 
you don't really think about it. It's become the easy way out. When, when people have their lives interrupted to go serve in jury duty, they think, let's get this over as quickly as possible. Guilty, send them to prison for 25 years. Regardless of whether that's what, actually what that person needs. Maybe it's not, if, especially if they're a first-time offender, and especially if their, their circumstances can be shown as being dire. It's not an excuse for what they did when they broke the law, but it is an explanation, and it's something that needs to be taken into account. Uh, another problem with that is that prison is often used as a rite of passage, especially among young boys who are in gangs and who are, are running on the street. If, you, if the number of times that you've been to prison can actually bolster your reputation and make you that much more of a leader and a role model. And it just, there, it's, there's no real punishment there. It's just promotion, self-promotion. I've been to prison at X amount of times. Um, another problem is you, Life in solitary. It's like, you know, the worst criminal offenders, serial murderers, they just need to be put in solitary for the rest of their life. Human beings are social creatures by nature. I, I'm pretty sure that if this was ever proven, it was proven during the pandemic when we had to be isolated. We need other people. We need physical touch. We need, we need kind words. We need all of that stuff in our lives because otherwise we tend to go crazy. So in that regard, life in solitary is actually in a lot of ways less humane than a quick lawful death. You're just going to condemn somebody to themselves forever. That's awful. Um, I, I, and I don't know, maybe the criminals would prefer that over death, or maybe they would prefer death over life and life in solitary. I don't know. I don't know if really prisoners should get a say, that, but that's a debate and an argument for another time. Um, before prison can be con so basically, before prison can be considered as the ultimate punishment, it really needs to go back to being a punishment. You know, it's like we, we have to address the fact that there are flat screen TVs and that there are there's leisure time, that there's I, a lot of people have better lives in prison than they did outside of prison. And I can't say that that's an incentive not to go to prison, not to commit crimes, to be sentenced to prison. So if the aim of prison is to reform criminals so that they can go out and be contributors to society, Giving them everything that they want and making their lives pretty cush in prison is not going to help. And I'm not saying that every prison is like that. I'm not saying that every prisoner's experience is like that. There are some awful things that happen in prison. Prisoners do terrible things to each other. Um, there are probably as many murders committed in, in prison per capita as there are murders committed outside of prison. I don't have statistics for that, so don't quote me on that. But it's, the problem though is again, it's easier to just throw somebody in prison. So really what needs to be, ha what needs to happen is that our justice system needs to be reviewed and revamped. It needs to be changed. It needs to be a justice system as opposed to a punishment system. Because again, there are people who shouldn't be going to prison.
who maybe should be sentenced to community service or who maybe should be, um, yeah, here, here you go. Most adolescent crimes could be cut off at the head if the punishment was that they had to go up on a, a platform in the middle of the, of the city in front of everybody and had their mom paddle their bare butt. Okay, no teenager is going to use that as a rite of passage on the streets. It, it, that, that's just not going to happen. I'm just saying. So alternatives to the prison system. There's the scared straight program, which doesn't really work because, again, prison is often used as a rite of passage. But there is a really great program called Steered Straight, which takes some of the same concepts, but instead of putting kids in front of hardened criminals and having those hardened criminals terrify them into submission, you put them in front of people who have reformed their lives and have real workarounds for, real workarounds for these kids, real options. It's a really great program. I don't know as much about it as I would like to. I just haven't had time to really look into it. If that's something that you're worried about, if you're worried about your kid going down the wrong path, I would suggest looking into Steered Straight. Another really great program is Victoria's Voice. Um, a lot of the people who are serving sentences in prison right now are in prison for drug offenses. And Victoria's Voice is a fantastic alternative to D.A.R.E., which again, is not that great of a program. I, the concept is great, but the execution is not so great. Um, Victoria's Voice is, uh, it has victory clubs for after-school programs. It has um, trips that these kids can go on. There are influencers who have taken, um, I don't know if you want to call it an oath or a vow, but who have, who have given their word that they are going to stay sober. And that provides role models for these kids who might otherwise fall into a bad situation. Um, there are mentorship programs like the Big Brother, Big Sister programs where you can get your kids some one-on-one -on -one interaction with somebody who understands, who's gone through the, tr the troubles that they're going through. Um, apprenticeships and vocational schools. Vocational schools are kind of gone the way of the dinosaurs, which is really unfortunate. But there are trade schools that are run by community colleges in a lot of places. If your time is otherwise occupied with something that makes you feel useful, that makes you feel like you're making a difference, or that makes you feel like you could make a difference in the future, you're much more likely to be satisfied with your life in the present. Um, if you can find a place, if, if it's your kids that you're worried about, find an apprenticeship or, or send them to a, a trade school. Help them start getting involved in these things when they're young so that it fills their time so they're not idle. Um, the, a lot of the problems that kids get into, they get into because they have nothing else to do. So give them something else to do. Uh, I would suggest therapy, 
but there's a lot of quack millennial therapists out there right now who would just make things worse for me to feel like I could give that as a blanket solution. However, if you can find a good therapist, somebody who's who actually wants to help and who's actually doing their best to make a positive change in your life or the life of whomever needs the help, then go for it. Um, I, I had a therapist in college and it was great. He was fantastic. I, I would recommend him to anybody. Um, capital punishment was created to punish capital offenders. Okay, that's basically the definition of it. Removing it from the table doesn't stop those crimes from happening. If anything, it might make it, again, I don't have statistics on this, but removing capital punishment from the table might make it more, more likely or at least easier to justify committing a capital offense. If, if we have individual justice for individual crimes, if it's, it, it's, it's gonna be a lot more work than this you know, rubber stamp and you're done solution that we currently have. But it can be done where we go to each individual case as a lawyer, as a judge, as a jury, and we work toward actual justice, not just a sentence. I'm not an expert. I don't know anything really about the law or um, being a judge. I've never served on a jury. But there are people out there who are experts, who do know, who've had these experiences either personally as a criminal or personally as a lawyer or a judge, or they've worked in um, rehabilitation, whatever. They know and, and they have solutions. We need to start listening to those people and their solutions. And it may be a trial and error type thing. We, might, we may try something and find that it doesn't work. But I can tell you what absolutely is not working is the removal of capital punishment. We've, we've been slowly doing that over at least 20 years and nothing has gotten better in that regard. So rather than beating our head up against the wall, trying to make a square peg fit into a round hole, why don't we look for alternative solutions with people who actually have those solutions? Just a thought.